This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. There is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to adjust the frequency. We are controlling transmission. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limit frequency. Good evening, my name is Sam. My name is Ricardo. This is the outer limit frequency. Every industry sees its fair share of unfounded and founded rumours. However, after a certain time has passed, some of these one-time rumours get enough weight behind them that they become something of a myth or an urban legend. Music is, of course, no exception to this, as the industry is full of urban legends surrounding the artists, the songs, or pretty much every other aspect of it. So tonight we take a brief look at some of these, and while we aren't saying what may or may not be true, Sometimes we are, but I'm sure you'll be able to decide for yourself. The Paul is Dead conspiracy is so vast that it even has its own Wikipedia page, filled to the brim with so-called evidence of the switch-around that happened in the Beatles. There are allegedly hundreds of hidden clues throughout their history that points to the fact the original Paul McCartney died in a traffic accident in 1966 and was secretly replaced by a lookalike. There is a ton of material out there if you want to know the specifics of a cover-up, but the facts are clear and evident if you have the mind to see them. Take this next song, for example, Get Back from Let It Be. Back is a four-letter word, as is Paul, the name of the victim. Do you know what else is a four-letter word? Dead. So the real title of the song is Get Paul, Get Dead, I'm a Genius. I mean, you could always ask the imposter Paul McCartney about it, but I'm pretty sure he'll have no choice but to keep up the charade. So maybe we should just do as the album title insists and let it be. Bit pushy, don't you think? Rosetta. Sweet Rosetta fat. She thought she was a cleaner. But she was a fry. The picker. Picture the fingers, great. Okay.
smoke. I'd like to say thank you on behalf of the group and ourselves, and I hope we pass the audition. <laughs> so obviously we have to love the classics, so we have to talk about Pink Floyd. There are a few legends surrounding this band, one of which is hiding satanic messages in their music, of course, and the other that comes to mind is the legend that the album The Dark Side of the Moon perfectly syncs up to the film The Wizard of Oz. This is a strange one, because, I mean, maybe it does. I'm honestly tempted to try it out, but either way, the band has said that it's not true. This could just be a case of it being an entirely unintentional, which is fine, and that does become more believable when you hear that the album syncs to a few other films, not just the one. Maybe it's something about the structure of it that just works so well with a visual medium. Maybe they should do something with that. This is Brain Damage.
of all the urban legends on tonight's episode, this one might be the most definitively true. Yes, Van Halen really did have a special instruction built into their rider to have a bowl of M&Ms in their dressing room with the brown ones removed. And while you could easily frame this as a case of rock star egos getting out of hand, it actually served a very practical purpose. Because if the venue was unable to perform this very simple task correctly, then the band couldn't trust them to take care of their gear or personal safety. It was a quality assurance test that apparently many failed. Because you'd better believe that if Van Halen entered a green room in 1983 when their 1984 album was released and they found a single brown M&M, the promoter would be in a House of Pain. This is House of Pain from 1984, released in 1983. You're welcome. Thank you. 
This one has become fairly well known. When you think urban legends and Judas Priest, you probably think of the whole backmasking thing. But instead, we're going with their other urban legend, the one that says that their song Better By You, Better Than Me, contains the subliminal message simply saying, do it, which somehow encourages people to commit suicide. This even went so far as to go to court after two men in 1985 did indeed commit suicide, and for some reason, this song was to blame. Amazingly, the band denied any kind of subliminal messages and the case was dropped. I don't know about you, but I'm inclined to believe the band. I feel like if Rob Halford wanted to get some kind of message across, he would probably just say it.
Love Roller Coaster was a hit single for funk band Ohio Plays in 1975, but it is one that is shrouded in speculation. Because at the 2 minute 32 second mark, people claim to be able to hear a woman's scream buried in the track's mix. Depending on the version of the story you've heard, the scream is either a murder taking place next to the recording studio, or the model from the album's cover howling in pain after being covered in superheated honey at the exact same time the song was recorded. People who subscribe to their theories likely have no idea of the degree to which recording studios are, you know, sound insulated. Or did someone in the band just let out a weird little scream during the recording session? Look, Occam's Razor might be a bit of a buzzkill, but it's going to play a pretty big role in tonight's episode, whether we like it or not.
this next one is kind of a twofer, kind of, because in the case of Tom Petty, the major urban legend there is that his song American Girl was a tribute to a university student who jumped from a tower in her dorm building. However, Mr. Petty shut this down pretty hard. It's not an exciting story, and this isn't the song we're playing. Just thought it was kind of worth mentioning. Instead, this concerns the other artist involved, Stevie Nicks, who supposedly took the phrase blow it out your ass the wrong way and the wrong way around, because after her nose took some significant damage from snorting too much cocaine, she reportedly paid an assistant to, well, blow it up her ass. She, of course, thought this was hilarious and has instead insisted that she just inhaled it through her mouth, you know, like a, I guess, sane person would do. Yeah, these two stories aren't related at all, but it gives me an excuse to play Stop Dragging My Heart Around.
the late rapper MF Doom was a larger-than-life personality in just about every way imaginable. But there's one story that hounded the final 10 years of his career that I'd like to dive into really quick. You see, the problem with hiring someone who wears a mask in public is proving that the person who shows up is the one you were wanting. So when Doom was hired to play a gig in Toronto in 2010, the promoter came concerned that the individual who showed up in the iconic mask was in fact an imposter. This imposter was allowed to go on stage and perform despite never having to prove that he was the genuine article, because of course no one could prove it wasn't. And you have to believe that if this did happen, it certainly didn't only happen the once. Now look, if this is true, then it's a pretty crummy way to conduct business, but it's also really funny. And if I were in Doom's position, I can guarantee I would have done the same thing myself. And this is the final single from MF Doom, the Flo Fills Coco Mango remix. It was released right around the time he died mysteriously, and then it wasn't reported for several months. Okay, this might need a follow-up. Honestly, never thought I would talk about Lou Reed as much as I do on this show. However, I quite enjoy a little urban legend about one of his songs in particular. The song The Kids from his 1973 album Berlin features the sound of children crying. The story is that Reed's producer, Bob Ezrin, told his own kids that their mother had just died in a car crash and recorded their reaction. This is just kind of horrible if it were true. However, this has been shot down and explained by Ezrin as he had recorded his kids just throwing a tantrum when they didn't want to go to, go to bed. Much more wholesome, but still a little bit weird.
her children away Because they said she was not a good mother For taking her children away Because she was making it with sisters and brothers And everyone else All of the others like cheap officers Who would stand there and flirt in front of me Taking her children away Because they said she was not a good mother They're taking her children away Because of the things that they heard she had done The black air force sergeant was not the first one all of the drugs she took Everyone, everyone And I am the water boy The real game's not over here But my heart is overflowing Anyway Just a tired man No words to say But Since she lost a daughter It's my Eyes that fill with water And I am much happier this Rotten slut couldn't turn 
This entry combines a bit of fact with a large dose of wild speculation, which just so happens to be my favourite kind of speculation. Circa 1975, punk icon Iggy Pop was arrested in Hollywood for being drunk in public, wearing what was described as a woman's dress. This is all a matter of public record, so no mysteries so far. But it's what allegedly happened next which is quite fascinating. The story goes that Iggy and his lawyer ended up arguing that the dress was in fact a man's dress as it belonged to a man, being Mr. Pop which, through a series of legal challenges, became a catalyst for overturning several laws outlawing cross-dressing in the public in the USA. Because it turns out that clothing doesn't actually have gender. Now look, Iggy is responsible for many great things in this world, but I think this one's a bit of a stretch. But boy oh boy do I wish it was true. 
Anyway, here's the original version of China Girl, just in case you've never heard it.
When the idea of this episode was floated, the first thing that came to mind for me was the old backmasking legends. Backmasking is a legitimate technique used while recording in which a sound is recorded backwards, so when played forward, it sounds all kinds of weird. So, yeah, there is plenty of urban legends out there with bands hiding messages using this technique. Usually messages about killing yourself or others or about devil worship. Bands like Pink Floyd, Judas Priest, Kiss, Ozzy Osbourne and Styx have all been accused of this but denied the particular messages. However, they have actually all used the technique in some manner. While others such as Slayer, Cradle of Filth and The Beatles have used this in an actually legit way with The Beatles causing an earlier legend that Ricardo spoke about. So right now we are looking at Styx with their song Snowblind, which is supposed to say Satan moves through our voices. Yeah. In response to this, instead of straight up denying it, they took the piss by releasing an entire album as a response named Kilroy Was Here, which is full of backmasking and anti-religion messages. Gotta love it. This is Snowblind.
and I would like to claim this final entry as a brand new urban legend in the music canon. So, just like with everything else you've heard tonight, take this with an enormous grain of salt. Some years ago, a work colleague of mine told me a story of a business trip he took in Berlin around what have been 20 years ago now. One of the local luxuries of this trip involved being transported around the city by a fleet of taxis that were actually classic sports cars. Now, where the story takes a strange turn is that this colleague of mine swore up and down that the driver of his car was the owner of the company, a man by the name of Till Linderman, a.k.a. the frontman for Rammstein, who acted as his personal chauffeur for the entire trip. I don't know, for fun. I like to call this the Bill Murray effect, in which a famous person allegedly does something surprising to a member of the public, specifically because no one was going to believe it ever happened. Do I personally believe the story? I would describe the witness as fairly credible, but like with all good legends, we'll probably never know. This is Rammstein with Sonna. Eins, zwei, drei, vier, fünf, sechs, sieben, acht, neun. Auf die Brust, das Gleichgewicht wird zum 
Verlust lässt sich hart zu Boden gehen und die Welt hängt laut bis So that was weird. We're probably going to do something like this again. And yeah, if you, you liked what you heard or tolerated what you heard, jump onto Spotify and check out some of our old episodes. And since you're coming back next week, we are going back to look at a feature artist as our topic for next week is instrumentalists. And I'll be doing a special feature on the amazing Mexican duo Rodrigo y Gabriela. We will see you then. See you then. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.